It seems to me there are two kinds of kids walking in this building. Stoop kids and corner kids. Excuse me? No, stoop kids. They're the ones that stay on the front steps when the parents tell them. The others go down to the corners. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to a special episode of the Stoop Kids Podcast. I am your co-host, your boy, Ralphie. We're kicking it with Kai. And it's G. And this is going to be a one-stop pod for TV, music, movies, video games, and all things in, out, and around the nerdverse. Now, we besides the three of us, we got a special guest in the building today. Yeah, yeah. Sir, you want to introduce yourself? What's going on, guys? My name's Naeem. Ooh. What else? Good to be with the bros, man. Something like dude. How's everything? Everything's good, man. You know, it's uh, good. I'm not giving any of that. All right. Second time out here. Definitely having a good time. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, this special episode, guys, because we're not recording from our usual spot out in uh, where we normally are. New York. New York, exactly. We're in Los Angeles right now. Technically, uh, we in Jamaica, Queens, Los Angeles. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a little Downtown bit. Downtown LA is. <laughs> I want to say it's different, but it's not too different. It's that's the part, that, Jamaica, that's the part that worries me. You, you could be coming off the E right now, you feel me? Right to LA. Yeah. Right now, guys, we're we're shooting, uh, not shooting, but you know, we're recording from downtown Los Angeles. Very nice to be here. We spent a couple of days here already. Mm-hmm. It's been good, guys. So far, how's your been mini vacation been going? I've been enjoying it. You know what I mean? Uh, this is my second time out here, so it's good to see another side of the city. I was I was uh, I spent my last time out in Hollywood, so mm-hmm. now to be in downtown and, and check out different places and see how the culture shifts depending on what neighborhood you're in is kind of dope. Right, right, right. Yeah. What about you? I mean, it's my first time out here. It's really cool, man. Everybody's so nice. Everybody is so well-mannered, you know what I mean? I even got to saw a couple people people that I knew from back in New York out here just randomly. You know, I was texting them, but I just walking outside downtown L.A. Oh, where what was this? Um, Last night, I saw my mans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout did, did yeah. um, Shout out to my mans, Benji. He's doing some Afrobeat um, project coming out, so shout out to him. Big fact. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a cool trip. You know, got some good food, good eats as always. We definitely got to hit Mr. Fryman tomorrow. I've been waiting for that. Um, but other than that, I've been enjoying myself. We just did that big hike to um, to the Hollywood sign. We didn't, you know, directly go over there, but we... Look, look, we got far enough. enough. We tried. That's all that matters. We tried. No one yeah, died on the way up. That's a fact. Almost did. Almost, <laughs> almost had a casualty. Money was, was, was dying up there. Nah, Sorry, we made it. Kept you alive. Just killing <laughs> Nah, but I, I definitely love LA. I think this is like my fifth time here. I try to go once a year. Uh, this is like one of my favorite places, man. Nah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the food here is t- tremendous, and the people here are so nice, man. So nice. Yeah. Random people just come up to you, have conversations. I mean, I'm from New York, so I don't want to talk to everybody. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's nice to know that people do want to talk to you here. Yeah. But it's good. I like it. It's Tent City, though. That's a fact. Yeah, the homeless condition here is hard. Yeah, they got to they gotta do something. We'll get to that in a little LeBron. bit. LeBron. All right, so let's start with the word. You're not going to blame that on. Le- oh. Sorry, I'm, you're not going to blame that on LeBron. Why Explain not? to me. Explain to me how the homeless problem has something we'll to do that with some, someone that just moved here. LeBron generates so much revenue. He could he could fix that shit. Bro, he's been here for one year. Okay, what has he done for homeless people? I'm pretty sure quite enough. What have what have other LA? Let what has Magic yeah, Johnson done? Hold on, let's make this clear. The Lakers are not the Cavs, so he's not bringing in that much yeah. more revenue that they weren't already making. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. I mean, Kobe was here a couple years ago. Lakers he, fans were going to Lakers games before. But he after games, Kobe would be giving out his ham sandwiches. No, he wouldn't. All right, get to the new word on shit. <laughs> <laughs> ham sandwiches. Ham sandwiches. Mm, shout out to Kobe and them ham sandwiches. I suppose. He don't even eat pork. 
That's why he gives it away, yeah. stupid. All right, let's get to War on the Street, y'all. Yes, please. All right. Uh, once upon a Holly- uh, excuse me. Once, once upon, upon a time Hollywood. in Hollywood, recently came out in movie theaters, and it's creating some controversy. Uh, Bruce Lee's portrayal in the movie uh, hasn't been taken too uh, lightly by uh, his family and especially his, his daughter, I believe. Or yeah, granddaughter. Or daughter. Okay. Daughter. Cool. Uh, apparently, something along the lines of he's very cocky in the movie. Mm. Now, has anybody seen this besides me? Nah, I haven't yet. No. All right. So in the movie, he has a, a confrontation with Brad Pitt. And uh, he's portrayed as very cocky. Prior to that fight, Bruce Lee's having a conversation how he could beat up Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. Okay. Apparently, Quentin, Tar- Quentin Tarantino said that's an actual conversation that he used to have with people. How Quentin knows that? No clue. Mm. The point being is that he's walking around telling people how I'll beat up Muhammad Ali. Brad Pitt's uh, character comes in, chimes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Lee doesn't like it, and they get into a fight, and the rest is in that movie history. A fist fight? They get into a fist fight. You see all the commercials. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They get into a little, uh, little fist fight. And he's like, oh, I can kill you legally. And he's like, no, you can't. It's called manslaughter. Right, exactly. <laughs> Stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Yo, Bruce Lee, you think he could beat the bricks out of Muhammad Ali? That's what he thinks. He said I could beat up Muhammad Ali. I don't respect his, his fighting style. Something stupid. Mm-hmm. Point being is that he just wasn't portrayed in a great manner. Word. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, should filmmakers, for you know future references, be mindful when retelling history? Oh, uh, 100%. I mean, I, f- I feel as though filmmakers should, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's only so much you could do. So long as you sit with that family, be respectful, and let them know that you're going to do your best, but at the same time, you may exaggerate, exaggerate a few portions of scenes, that's understandable as long as you're being 100% honest and letting them know up front. Okay. So it ain't a controversy in the end when they do see the film, because that's, that's what happens a lot. And a perfect example, I know um, all eyes on me. I know... They so-called spoke to Jada Pinkett about the whole, at the whole retrospect of the movie, and they really didn't. And she had a, she just went off right. as far as that effect of the movie and how she disliked it. So I feel as though directors should reach out to families, but at the same time, you're gonna do what you want with the film. Mm-hmm. I feel as though there's a respect balance of it if you let them know what you plan to do. Mm. Uh, especially, uh, especially if they give the right, like if you if, if, if they're giving the green light, you have to be respectful. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think I don't think so. I think <laughs> no, nah, like no, nah, like you do make good points. Yet, yes, but in the context of you telling this hyper realized fictional depiction of events that happened in the past, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like that's the beauty of filmmaking. That's the beauty of creativity. Is that and this is first of all, this is historical fiction. This isn't a movie about Bruce Lee. This isn't a Bruce Lee biopic. This isn't some. This is a uh, a Bruce Lee and correct me if I'm wrong. Who has very limited screen time, and is made out of Quentin Tarantino's mind. Mm-hmm. If, he wanted, if, he, if this is the way he wanted to portray Tarantino, I mean, uh, Bruce Lee, in this fictional version of historical events, he's allowed to do so. It's, 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 fic, it's fiction. Right. This is not, a, this is not a, meant to be a true retelling. You know what I mean? And like I said, to me, you say he was a little bit cocky or arrogant. That's not really like bad qualities of someone of his stature. We all know Bruce Lee is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Mm-hmm. Martial and one of like arguably the greatest martial artist of all time. Cocky too. Yeah, so I mean, as long as you're not portraying him in like this malicious manner where like, you know, they're showing him as a criminal or some shit like that, I think people are being overly sensitive. Now right. as far as the daughter, hey, the way if you don't like the way your father was being portrayed in the film or whatever, that's your right to do so. But for this to now be like outward, like out backlash and controversy is silly. Right. It's like, come on, like let, let 
get over yourself. It's it's a historical it's 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 fiction, and it should be treated as such. G, I mean, um, you know, I, I'm I'm in between with um Naeem and Kai here. Um, like Kai says, if it's if it's fiction, it's fiction. You know, it's historical fiction. You're here to make up a movie, but if it's not. Then you know you should. Um, if, if you're really telling a story and try to be true to a story, then yeah, you should let the parties know. Hey, I'm doing. Not even trying to be true to a story, but if you're telling a story and you know you're going to insult somebody, then that's a whole other thing. Where it's just like, hey, look, I'm going to do this. But I don't think it was terms of like, I'm gonna. No, no, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't in the terms, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, like say yeah. it was something like Tropic Thunder or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, I'm gonna do this. But it's just a movie. It's 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 not what we're really trying to depict from it. But like you said, everybody's so sensitive. That's what I really think it, it is. It's like um, a couple years ago, uh, Mad Men. Mad Men. Uh, they featured. They didn't really feature a lot of on-screen like actual figures, even though it took place in the '60s. But one of the characters they had on there was Conrad Hilton, who was like the owner of Hilton Hotels, mm-hmm. and he interacts with Don Draper, and he's like trying to like force Don to win the business. The guy comes off as swarmy and kind of a jerk. Does Paris Hilton write a letter now to AMC? Oh, I don't like the way you portrayed my grandfather. No, no. no. it's like it's, it was a, it's it's not even the big picture. Like he's a he's a small character in limited in a limited space. You know what I mean? It's like if this was a Bruce Lee movie, then maybe that's a whole other thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's like move on. You know what I mean? Like come on. I don't know, Kim. Bruce Lee beat the brakes out like, of Muhammad you, Ali. To me, no. of course not. No. No. You don't think so? No, no. not at all. Muhammad Ali was 6'4". Yeah. And I he know, has, but all you got to do is go like... No. no, no it doesn't work that way. That's not, that's not how that works. <laughs> no. um, um, wait, wait. For the audience, I basically just did a karate chop to the neck. And, you know, they know. Bruce, that's not happening. Uh, but I agree with you. I don't think filmmakers have any obligation to uh, retell history accurately unless yes. that's their intention. Yes. Yeah. So the point being is that whatever the filmmaker wants to do, just do it. Yeah. Like Quint- to serve the story, Quentin Tarantino couldn't make Bruce Lee more, I guess, favorable with the public. Like in the in the context of his story, he needed an arrogant person. Yeah. Bruce Lee was the guy. That's right. all it is. I, I don't think filmmakers have any obligation to retell history unless they want to. Right. That's it. Yeah. So, I don't know. And, as, and, and as a creative person, I can't, I can't uh, sit, sit around and consider everyone's feelings before I write something because nothing will ever get written. Mm-hmm. Nothing will ever be made if I have to stop and think, what will Johnny think if I write it this way? Or what will Sally think if I do things this way? Nah, you got to go with flowing in your brain and, and coming out on the page, mm-hmm. honestly. And honestly, too, being that the director was Quentin Tarantino, I don't think anybody went into that film... And then came out and thought, wow, Bruce Lee's a jerk. No, no one said everyone that. Everyone knows no that. No one said that. He, he loves hyper-realism. Yeah. So, you know, I don't... It shouldn't be a big deal. And I'm disappointed in the daughter for even making it like a big yeah, deal. I, I think she made it a bigger deal than it was. Yeah. I don't think anybody came out and was, oh, Bruce Lee's a jerk. Because honestly, to me, like, if she really had a problem with that, call Bruce Lee. I mean, call, call Tarantino. You yeah. probably got a line to him. Like, mm-hmm. yo, uh, hey, just want to let you know, I don't feel like my... And he would have been like, look, you know, no... This is just where I needed the story to go. I That's have the utmost respect for your father. Yeah. Boom. Now she's telling him to shut up in the press and do all. Oh, she said all of that. Yeah, she's like, oh, uh, either shut up or apologize. I got. I don't have shit to apologize to. You. I will say this though: Tarantino's response wasn't that great. Oh, what did he say? Rather that? than apologizing to the daughter, mm. he said something along the lines of, "Well, you know, Bruce Lee kind of was an arrogant guy." In oh, person. he didn't have to do that. And uh, I, the 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 wife of Bruce Lee, actually said something to the effect of, "Oh." He could actually beat up Muhammad Ali. So rather than saying all that, like just he's apologize. Yeah, just apologize. Yeah. No, no, no. But I, but I also agree with like I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily double down like that. 
But if I, what the fuck am I apologizing for? No, because I'm not apologizing because uh, I did something non-malicious that you got offended by. It's a daughter, though. It's not it's, anybody. It's, 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 it's the, the way, daughter, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it's the way, uh, if you think about it, Think about your dad. If somebody says something, no, 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 yes, and it, which is way, no, it would, it, it would affect you. But the way she went about it is that's the wrong yeah, way. that yeah, you that know? warrants the what the fuck am and I? Honestly, with, with, with my man, because um, if you, call, I'm sorry, but no. if you call me, if you call me on the phone like, hey, I didn't like that, and it's just between us two, boom, you have your apology. Yeah. The second you take shit public, and now it's like this whole grand gesture. What the fuck am I making a grand gesture for? Yeah, yeah that's true. But, with, but TQ didn't have to go that far. It's, it's not good. QT, right? Yeah. I said TQ. Yeah. My full, my full. Tarantino, my, Quentin. My full QT. My full homie. Oh. I said my full you homie. Call him a cutie. I said QT. You said my full QT. I ain't say cutie. <laughs> I didn't nah, hear that. Nah, nah. <laughs> he, he reaching right now. But um, yo, QT, you don't have to come at her like that. It's it's not it's not good to talk about the dead. You know, it's it's just not a good thing. Gotcha. All right, moving on. Yeah, we can move on. Sounds good. Jay Z signs a deal with the NFL. Ah, oh. He'll become partial owner of a team and oversee performances such as the Super Bowl and... Uh, oh, with social outreach and everything? Social, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social outreach, police uh, police harassment, just speaking on things of that nature. All right, with that being said, how do you feel about this move, y'all? G? Uh, excuse me? Um, I mean, hearing a lot of talk about it, the way he, he's gone about it, it seems to be shady because um, we were saying earlier outside the podcast that um, Jermaine Dupri had the same deal and... Jay Z um, kind of told him not to do it, but mm, hey, for I did a bit, about that today. You know, for a business move, it's it's pretty smart. Don't get me wrong; like I'm not mad at him. Honestly, a lot of people are mad at him because the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, Kaepernick thing. But um, bro, like this is a whole other thing. Like, come on now, we have to move on in the world. And honestly, I didn't know about the whole um, like like with with that the social outreach and stuff like that. Yeah. Even though he is making this big move, at least. I'm sure he probably brought to the table was like, yo, bro, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to still speak my message and get my point across. That's still cool. That just shows you he hasn't sold out. That's my man. You feel me? Hmm. But um, I think it's cool. Hey, yo, as, as a human being, get into as many business adventures as you can. Like, who's, who's to stop you hmm. from trying to make a buck? And, if and, hey, like with those Jermaine Dupree thing, you, you took his advice. Honestly, <laughs> you could have went ahead and went to do it. But it was up to you to take, it, take his advice. And you took it, and you stepped down. And somebody just got it. Just what it is. Um, oh, can I, can I just make a quick sure, edit ahead. point? Um, so this, the official title is Live Music Entertainment Strategist. Live Music Entertainment Strategist. Yeah, so it'll include uh, events like the halftime show, but in addition to that, they're also looking to see change through criminal justice reform, improving police community relations, and education and economic achievement. Okay. Mm, okay. Advancement, sorry. Just wanted to put that out there. No, Sound like a whole new NFL. Um, I don't... All right, so you said something along the lines of Jay-Z is going to still be speaking his mind. I don't think so. I think in the contract that he made with the NFL, Roger Goodell was like, listen. Oh, absolutely. We don't want you saying anything bad yeah, about the you NFL Yeah, you got to gotta, gotta, No, no, I never meant anything bad about the NFL. I'm going to speak his mind when it comes to how African Americans are treating the society. Okay, I can see that. But as far as like putting NFL in the narrative, I think Jay Z's no longer allowed to do that. Oh no, I never, I never meant that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's. Gonna of course, you're not, he's gonna be. He's not gonna be able to bash the NFL. Um, he's working for the NFL. I'm, I was when I first read about this, I was okay with the deal, and then once I started hearing background information, like he told James, Jermaine Dupree not to take it, uh, you know, criticizing Colin Kaepernick for taking the Nike deal, I was just like, what is Jay Z doing then? So I, I don't know if it's like I wouldn't call him a sellout because I, I would never call Jay Z a sellout, but. Hmm. It does raise an eyebrow as to why he did take it. It's through. so it's so weird. It's like I don't I feel like we're still not getting the full story to not everything. Not yet, we haven't gotten it. 
and, Jay, and you guys know that I idolize Jay Z, but mm-hmm. I think his handling of this situation is going is wasn't the best planned out. Right. Like I don't think that he sat down and really considered what the backlash would be, how he should respond to it, and how this thing should even roll out. Mm-hmm. Because one thing that did make me cringe a little bit, and it was one of the few times that I've actually seen, like, of her Jay-Z, like, not backpedal, but, like, kind of be mincy with his words, was when he's sitting there and he's, like, talking about, I feel like we've moved, moved past kneeling. And he's, like, uh, and he's, like, almost looking for a cop-out or an excuse as to why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. Whereas... The Jay Z that I've come to know has never he's made yo I'm doing I'm doing uh Duce boom I signed this deal with Live Nation boom now that he's actually making a business move that is a little more politicized and, and, and more wrapped in with politics I don't like the way that it's being handled but it's also his first time really doing so mm-hmm. so it is coming out a little messy and muddled because like it is true he did you know go on record and say, like, and told Travis Scott, he, I don't think you should do the performance. You know, I think the same thing went for Cardi. I think he made the same call with Cardi B because Cardi B wanted to do it. Yep. So now that you signed this deal, you know what I mean? Like, now it's kind of, you are kind of, you are going to get the side. I like, dude, what what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. But I do disagree with the whole things about, you know, oh, uh, did you speak to Kaepernick? And he doesn't, no, he doesn't have to speak to Kaepernick. He doesn't owe Kaepernick anything. What I will say is that, honestly, I do think this would have, like, solved everything that, along with the announcement of this deal, Kaepernick was signed to a team. I think we wouldn't have, we would have no problems right now whatsoever if Kaepernick was being signed to a team along with the announcement of this deal. Yeah, no but, but I feel like I, this is a power move for him, and it's, it's expected with him being a great businessman that he is, and I respect that, and I'm happy for him as far as the move. Does it come off a little shysty as far as the background knowledge of what you're hearing from him telling Jermaine Dupree and others not to deal with the NFL, yes. But um, I feel like, like you said, he doesn't owe Cap a response. At the end of the day, he doesn't control if Cap can play or not. No. At the end of the day, we all know he should he, that Cap should play, but at the end of the day, owners are very stupid right now, in my opinion, as far as yeah. not his resident. Can, and can I be honest? I don't think Cap is ever going to play in the NFL ever again. That's my, but that that's me personally. I if he, I, I hope I'm wrong by saying that. I don't, I don't think that. I think sooner or later it will come to fruition as far as him being able to get opportunity. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, injuries do happen, and I feel like some, some, one team will come to yeah. actually sign him. And I only believe that because Eric Reed is playing right now mm-hmm. for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. So I feel as though at least one owner may be smart. But in addition to that, I feel when this was a good move, and I feel like I'm hoping that some good will come to it. For example, Nike um, was the official sponsor for the NFL, mm. and no one knew that Kaepernick was still signed to Nike until they released all that marketing supporting him, mm-hmm. which was crazy. And I thought that I thought that was wild because I'm like, okay, they're sponsored, they're the NFL sponsor, how they're literally with Cap going mm-hmm. to the NFL. That was that was amazing in the sense yeah. of it, you know. So I'm hoping. With this deal with Jay Z, that something good comes out of it. Yeah, no, no, I, that's I all am I too. For, yeah, you know, same. So I believe that's going to happen, but I still think that he still has some work, and he's not releasing full details of what his actual plan is. Yeah, and and that's my problem with this whole thing. It's coming out way too messy because, like I said, typically when we get an announcement of a Jay Z deal, it's cut clean. We see all the corners, or at least we see the we see the sides that we're supposed to see. I feel like we're not seeing enough sides. And like you know, like like you mentioned, Eric Reed, like him coming out and him saying what he was saying about it, and then now you, I mean, you have, because um, Kaepernick's girl is Nessa, right? 
she's speaking out against him. Yeah. And then now I'm hearing uh, that Jay's like people are interpreting that you know Jay Z is criticizing Kaepernick, which I which I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't believe so. But it's just I don't think he was ready for the response of this deal, which is not typically a Jay Z move. You know what I mean? But like I said, it's also very much wrapped in politics, which is something he's usually not having to deal with. Or it's, he's always dealing with one side. You know what I mean? It's like, it's easy to say fuck the police, but then it's another thing when you're shaking hands with the commissioner. Now you got some explaining to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like now he's, he's doing the, he's shaking hands with Goodell instead, instead of saying fuck Goodell. So it, it does take some exp- explanation. Now, is he going to give us that? I don't know. Does he have to? Yeah. Of course not. You know what I mean? He doesn't owe us anything. I mean, let's let's just see what comes out of the deal, honestly. Yeah. I mean, and that's what I'm waiting to see. With the whole, um, what he was talking about, you know, moving on, you know, hopefully this is something moving on and taking action because a lot of people talk, but not a lot of people oh, take right, action. Yeah. It's facts. Because the way he's, the way he made it sound was like when he's like, oh, I'm, I, uh, I feel like we've moved past kneeling. He's like, Nah, that shit's over with. Uh, I, now, I, I, it's time for me to collect my check. Honestly, that's the way it sounded. Honestly, I know that's, I'm not saying I, that's the way I, it I is. I didn't interpret it that way. I interpreted it as the way as, yes, okay, we're kneeling, we're doing this, but we're not doing anything about it, about the situation. Yes, it's a protest, but what are we doing after that? What comes after that? And I feel like whatever results of this deal, maybe that's what he's talking about. Maybe that's going to be the fruition of the kneeling. Maybe there's something that's going to go next. Who knows? I don't know. We'll I hope so. Well, I hope for the Because honestly, man, I think all these organizations and institutions – like, not, it's not just the NFL, it's especially the NFL, but, like, the NFL, NBA, they all got fucked up rules and politics, and it's just a whole bunch of old, rich, white men that have to have, to have it their way, and now that we are finally getting, like, some resistance and some pushback from, like, not only just players, but players, agents, sponsors, because, like, I was also reading about the, um, the Rich Paul shit, too, like, how they wanted to, yeah, um, that was that, I know, I'm not saying that the same, I'm not saying that the same thing, I'm just using that as an example of just, like, Institutions that like don't like when things are going against. No, I was gonna say that's the NCAA. That's not the NBA. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying the NBA. I'm just yeah, saying. No, but inst- I, well, I think the NBA is, is light years ahead of mm-hmm. the NFL as far as like, you know, relations with the the black but, community. Yeah, okay. They're okay. light years ahead of them. Most okay. Probably. So, I don't know. If we should put the the NBA and the NFL in the same category. Mm. But uh, but no, I, I I agree with you guys for sure. Sure. All right. Good job, y'all. All right, so guys, like we said, this is a uh, L.A.-based episode because we are in downtown L.A. Um, so for today's topics, we're going to get into uh, best L.A.-based music and best L.A.-based movies. Yes, sir. Sounds good? Love it. All right, so um, let's start with music. What do you guys want to do? Start with music? Absolutely, of course. Sounds good. Uh, Kai. Yes, sir. Start with you, sir. All right, uh, first things first, I guess I'm going to talk about one of... My favorite albums of all time. Honestly, one of the greatest albums of all time. One of the best debut albums of all time. Uh, it's an album that goes without saying, man. Doggy Style. Snoop Doggy Dog, 1993, man. Uh, Death Row Records. You know, Big Shug before he was uh, doing that crazy shit. You know, <laughs> before he was wilding the fuck out. Shug is a wild boy, bro. Yeah, it's a scary ass man, but he helped the executive produce this great album. <laughs> um, just providing Shug a little... is in jail, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Accident. Hit and run. Was it hit and run? It was a hit and run. It was a hit and run? Yeah. Because the person died. Oh. Yeah. And it was on a set of uh, Straight Outta Compton or something like that. He pulled yep. up there. Yeah. Yep. It was on a set of Straight Outta Compton. He heard that they was portraying him like a monster. <laughs> My man pulled up trying to intimidate <laughs> like the old days. <laughs> Proving him right. Proving him right. <laughs> and, then vo- and then had to dip quickly and then hit someone and kill them. Nah, Shook is a scary dude, bro. Shook is a scary dude. Now, if he was with your girl in the club, right? Mm-hmm. He can have her. 
<laughs> I know where this is going. He can have one. Go ahead, baby. Word? Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you at home. It's not that serious. It's not that serious? Uh, it's not that serious. It's not nah, what I'm going to finish the story. They just, just caught the plea real quick. Yeah, but go ahead. So I'm sorry. Nah, but um, anyway, back to Doggy Style. Like, <laughs> just the, this is one of the most like anticipated albums of all time. Like, it sold, I think, like a million records in a week. Oh, it sold 800,000 records in its first week, which is. I was anticipating it. Which is, you weren't born yet. I was. Oh, you were just born. You was anticipating this at six months old? Hell yeah. You said it was the most anticipated album. Yeah. I was dead. Like, you wasn't dead when he was dead. Actually, I was. I was a month old. You was, you was there? You was next to him? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. was next to him? I went to the record store. Oh, you, you crawled to the record store? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I don't see what the problem is. Now, but uh, this album this album is, is amazing. It, its achievements are amazing. Uh, it sold 11 million copies worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of my favorite albums, man. Like, it starts with the, obviously, like, one of the biggest singles, debut singles from an artist. Who am I? Snoop Doggy Dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from there, you get into the singles, Gin and Juice, and then Doggy Dog World, which are both amazing. What? I don't know if y'all can hear it. This is this this is Cyrus. <laughs> Cyrus. This is Police Cyrus. Yo, we was not lying. This is Queens, bro. This is Bronx, all of that. This is so, this is crazy. This is not Hollywood. We, we might we might get the door kicked in. No bullshit. Yeah, I'm not gonna hold you. But yeah, man, this is honestly one of my favorite albums. Like, it's an album that it starts and it like it literally just doesn't stop. Um, Dr. Dre, who helped produce a large chunk of this album. Um, really evolved on his sound. I, I have this conversation all the time. Like, if you listen to The Chronic and then listen to this album, it just enhances that whole G-Funk era that that dominated the early 90s. And it starts in The Chronic very... And it's it's very it's very clean in the, in the way it uses samples and it synthesizers. And then when he goes over to Doggy Style, he just perfects it and takes it over the top mm-hmm. and pushes it to the next level. And Snoop Man is not playing no games on this album. Like, if he proved, if he didn't prove to you that like he was really about the rap and shit on the Chronic because he's featured very heavily on it, this album like he goes in, like he doesn't waste a bar, and he brings on some great features just with the Dog Pound with Corrupt and and uh, all these other artists, and he has uh, Lady of Rage on there, Nate Dogg, Warren G, um, and, and that intro is serious. They, the bathtub, the, the the bathtub intro where he's playing uh, the Curtis Mayfield in the mm-hmm. background, and he's got some girl just like uh, washing his back, and just like, pleasing him. Well, yeah, and she's like, "What the fuck is this?" But it, <laughs> but it's set, like, but like it sounds like the beginning. Shit. It sounds like the beginning of a movie. Mm-hmm. It sounds like some QT shit. Yeah, and then from there it just jumps into G Funk intro, which he's not even he's not even rapping on it. It's um Lady of Rage, and she is ripping this shit like she's just going hard and then from there it just jumps into gin and juice and like from there from there on out the album is just snoop show mm-hmm. and then from there you get like the hilarious skits i don't know who thought of these but like they were fucking genius like the w balls and his uh <laughs> and it's, it's like it's this fake radio station and it's just saying like it's much like vulgar and nasty shit as this is dj Dick. And it's still, and it just from there and then goes into the shiznit and it goes into lottie dottie and murder was the case and like no, there's no, there's not a bad song in this album. You know what I mean? Like, there's songs that I personally don't care for, but like every song just like brings it, um, and it's so, it's so soulful. Doggy Dog World is one of my favorite tracks of mm-hmm. all time with uh with the Dog Pound and um the dramatics on it and like the like the care that went into like crafting the musicality of this album is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it just wraps up like everything you think of when you think '90s LA. You know what I mean? Like, I, granted, I wasn't out here at the time, but like. Watching movies like uh, Menace to Society, Boys in the Hood, like this feels like it could have been the soundtrack to any one of those films. Mm. So like, I fucking love this album. Nice. Would you Would you say he was he was a trendsetter of skits? 
Um, I'd say so. Because I feel like a lot of artists use skits, but I felt like, like you said, his skits were like really funny. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think they started on. I think they very much started on um, the Chronic, and then from there, it, like, yeah, because they were really because I, I think the Chronic was the first time, like at least as far as listening to hip hop, like I remember like hearing them like that, and then he continued them on this album, mm. which which was great. Because then after that, then like all of a sudden now you had Biggie and them doing skits on their album, mm-hmm. and you had all these other artists putting skits. So I, I think so. I mean, I could be wrong, but absolutely. Nice. G. Um, all right, I got a couple of for um, a couple of y'all to mention. Um, two of the albums I'm gonna mention. No, I'm sorry. I have three. Two of them I already mentioned, and um, I put me on. So um, first one is Merge 316. Like I said, this is a childhood favorite album. Um, honestly, me listening to this album for the first time was just like, this is the reason why I want to go to LA, to be honest with you. Um, it was definitely 10 tracks, and to me, it was just a perfect album from, um, I don't even really have to go to it, just just watch these two kids episodes, and you know, <laughs> that's all I really got to say. But um, but songs like Freak These Tales, you know, Murray's just on, just living out his youth and like, you know, just experience women and stuff like that, that's what just kind of got in my head, because being out here in LA, it's a lot of lovely ladies, and I see what he's talking about. But um, there's that. There is um, Vince Staples FM, which is definitely a big LA presence for me. Big Boys Radio. That's dope, Big dope, Boys, dope. LA legend. You know, the whole album is off the premise of it is Big Boys Radio show, and he's basically just um, you know ran out the radio show. He has Tiger. Um, there's Earl Sweatshirt, J Rock, um, K- Kanali. Is that how you pronounce his name? Kalani. Kalani. Yeah, mm. Kalani's on there. So we got some LA. You know, some LA heavy hitters on it. Which is a great one, and um, one you guys don't know about that I never showed is um one of my favorite favorite West Coast albums. It's um it's kind of like an indie album. It's Blue, um, Good to Be Home. This is the double um track album. I know that for a fact. And one thing that really gets me is the artwork of this album. So the Blue, he he's he's not even Spanish, but basically the artwork of the album is you said he's not even Spanish. He's not he's not even Spanish. Let, well, me, let well, me continue because the artwork is 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 painted and it's nothing but um. Like five Spanish gangbangers taking a picture, and oh, a cop, and a cop is taking a picture of them. Mm. So it's just like you know your homies just came back from jail. You know you're taking the picture, but the cop's taking the picture. And now that I'm thinking about it, everybody's so freaking friendly in LA, even though yeah. we're on two different sides of the world, and you know, cops and robbers and things like that. That's 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 how I portray it. Mm. Even though we live such different lives, you don't have to take. It doesn't take two seconds to be friendly to somebody. I yeah. just help somebody out. Like, since we've been here, how many people have we actually taken a picture of us? And they definitely took a picture of us. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't, you, you don't get a no out here. Exactly. You really, really don't. You don't. Really don't. So, so um, I mean, that that's one thing why I like it also. But, man, the tracks, the production is done by... Um, it's not Mad Lib this time, too, because he definitely gets a couple of Mad Lib productions. But the production is done by... I'm going to with it right now. Give me one second. Boop, 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 boop. I'm loading. I'm loading. I'm we, loading. We're just going to say Mad Lib. Mad Lib produced it. Nah, we ain't going to say Mad Lib. I ain't going to do my man like this. I was just reading it, too. Um, Bombay. Bombay. Uh, another LA producer. But, um, I was going to say that next. Yeah, you was? <laughs> right. anyway, That's my next guess. But um, he's definitely got some jams on here, like um, Rap Dope, He-Man, uh, Back Home, The Return. These are really hazy, um, really, really hazy um, beats to it. And one thing about it is... um. A lot about this album is the things that kids or the things that people who live in LA experience. So it was just like listening to this, it's just like, damn, 
I could relate to this. Damn, I could relate to this. And now actually coming to LA, driving around, being on Pico, being on all these blogs, Labray and stuff like that. It's just like, damn, this is what everybody was talking about in all this music. And us being from New York, we would never know. Mm. So, um, I mean, that's my three right there. And um, LA is such a lovely place. It is a lovely place. It is a lovely place. Absolutely. Can I go with mine? Yes, please. Yes. Well, I didn't think you were going to, like, you blew through all yours at the same time. Yeah, it wasn't really, you know. Because I already said two Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, that's true. That's, that's just the way it is. To the point, you feel me? Was that, a, was, that a, was that a Tupac reference? That's just the way it is? No. Uh, sure. No, it wasn't. Nah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Damn, why you going to no. my man's spot? Uh, sure, it was. Thought you was clever. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to bring up uh, a modern-day classic, all right? Uh, this album came out in 2012. You guys know I am a huge fan of this artist. I'm talking about Frank Ocean's Channel Orange. The one thing the man ever did. Huh? Made an album and then disappeared into obscurity. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. we're not talk about that. Because <laughs> I really don't know what happened to Frank Ocean. However, this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, this, Like I said, this album came out in 2012. This was at a time where Frank Ocean was uh, was like really hot at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year before that, he had just dropped Nostalgia Ultra. I don't know if you guys ever listened to that mixtape, but it's a great that mixtape is Hell fire. Yeah, yeah that, that great, that's a great project. Absolutely. That's a great From project. start to finish, it is just magnificent. So um, when he first dropped this um, album, the of course, the, the the first single was Pyramids. I liked it and all that stuff. Was it the first single? It, it was, was the first single. Well, I mean, t- if you want to count Thinking About, about you, you, yeah. That's what but I, really, Pyramids was nah, kind of like... Because Thinking About You... That's when all this promo for Channel Orange. Yeah, it started with Pyramids. Okay, okay. And even the music video came out. But um, but yeah, I, I love this album from literally from start to end. Mm, okay. Um, th- to me, to me personally, I'm like I said, I'm a huge Frank Ocean fan. There's not a bad song on this album, that. and like to me, it's a perfect summertime song. One of my favorite songs off this album is "Sweet Life." Um, and like, honestly, listen to that song, driving in like the, the hot summer sun. Word. That shit is perfect. You driving off the beach, you play "Sweet Life." Produced by Pharrell. You're good. A, a couple of these songs are produced, uh, produced by Pharrell. I forgot the other one that he yeah. produced. But, uh, but yeah, you get a, a rare uh, Andre 2000 um, appearance appearance in Pink Matter, which is another great song. Um, Forrest Gump, which is a, a song that kind of people that threw people off at first. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you guys didn't know, Frank Ocean came out in this album as a bisexual, as a, an open letter he had pinned to his fans. I think the night before it released. Um, but yeah, this I just love this album. You can listen from like I said from start to end. Thinking about you, obviously, is a classic song. Sierra Leone, Super Rich Kids feature Earl Sweatshirt. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lost, I like a lot. It's more of a Lost. mainstream song. I mean, you know, lot, some of these songs, honestly, you got to be a Frank Ocean fan to like really appreciate I, I, it. I really wish he had made a video for Lost. I, well, I, he like, did. I can see it in my head already. But, he did. Mm. He did. But uh, not, it wasn't like a super mainstream video, but... If you're if you're uh, if you YouTube it, you will find it somewhere. Okay. Um, I love Monk, so I don't know how anybody else feels about it. There's also a, a bonus track that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, Golden Girl. It features Tyler, the creator. I'll play it for you guys after this. Mm-hmm. But uh, what happened? Huh? <laughs> you say you don't want to listen to it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, guys, if you have, I mean, I don't know how you could be in 2019 having listened to this album at a certain any certain I, I way. I've listened to this album. You've listened to this album. No, I, I've never listened to this album. You, I've played it for you in the car, bro. I can't remember. You've heard. Anyways, you've heard, he's, he's, you've I've heard, heard it, heard, but I, heard, I, 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 haven't, I haven't personally like played this for myself. No, mm. I'll play for you. Don't worry. Please about don't play this. We'll, we'll drop the montage. I got you. I'm, I'm drop the montage. <laughs> <Montauk. laughs> so I can't it. come back. Y'all want to do that? <laughs> yeah, I'd rather come to. I'd rather come to Jamaica, LA, bro. Jamaica, LA. 
Jamaica Ad Lella, you feel me? But yeah, nah, this album, one of the top five, my favorite albums of all time. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Good shit, good shit. Uh, going back to me, I guess, uh, the other album I wanted to talk about was Kendrick Lamar's debut album. No, I'm not talking about Good Kid, Mad City. I'm talking uh, about Section 80, 2011. This was back before, you know, Kendrick Lamar was the superstar rapper that we know today. Mm-hmm. He was uh, still solely signed to TDE. Uh, mm-hmm. He had, coming off the heels of his mixtape, Overly Dedicated, decided that it was time to drop his debut project. So he dropped Section 80. Uh, Section 80 is cool because it really sets the, it's a precursor to Good Kid, Mad City. It was, a, it was also a concept album that had skits and, and followed a central theme. If you didn't know, Section 80 is uh, basically like code name for the 1980s and his generation, the Ronald Reagan, the kids that came up in the Ronald Reagan era, mm-hmm. the kids that were a part of the cocaine 80s, the, the crack ep- epidemic. And the entire album explores um, everything that his like his generation encountered from uh, just identity and just who uh, identity and coming together as one from fuck your ethnicity uh, to songs like ADHD, which talk about the effects that drugs have on the youth and the ability to pay attention and, and focus and, and realize what their true goals are to, you know, uh, self-perception with no makeup to um, songs of just like straight violence and, 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 and raw emotion like Ronald Reagan era and, and um, the Spiteful Chant. Like, and this, this is just a, a crazy dope album. It, and another thing, it sounds very different. When you first hear it, it doesn't sound like which a typical LA album. It's not very like synth heavy. It, it, does, it's not like, it doesn't kick like a YG album would mm-hmm. or like a Snoop album. It, it does have this, its very own like spacey, almost like futuristic-esque sound. It's more, actually it's more like AT Aliens than any other album. But, I give you that. Yeah, but the fact that like he comes on it and like he he just shows his creativity and shows mm-hmm. that he is a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Like this is one of the most like creative albums that I remember listening to at the time. And like I, I remember like it took me a minute to actually give it a chance too because I remember like G you trying to put me on. I was it. trying to put this in. And I was like I refuse one. I refuse to listen to it. Day and one. then I heard I heard I saw the video for ADHD and like it just like clicked with me. And then I was like I went from ADHD to like listen to the next song and before I knew it. I was at Absol's outro, which is just like an amazing, amazing production and performance mm-hmm. by uh, Kendrick's label mate, Absol. And he's just like, what's your life about? Enlighten me. Are you going to live when your knees are dying your feet? There's fire in the street. Fire in my switch of fire in between the two legs of your little sister. And it's just like, the lines, like, it's just like encapsulating everything that like he's literally speaking to mm-hmm. not only his generation, but the generation before us. And it's just like amazing. Uh, but yeah, this is one of my favorite albums. Uh, I and, love Rigor Mortis too. Yeah, Rigor, and Rigor Mortis is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And, then, and like I said, it's cool. Like right now, like if you're if you're more accustomed to like the damn uh, Kendrick Lamar, like this, like the superstar, it's cool to see like go back in time and see like mm-hmm. where his style was really birthed from. Because I do think it was like the genesis of like the super conceptual super. This is before he became a superstar. Yeah, I'm give it that. Yeah, exactly. it's it's the birthplace of the Kendrick Lamar we know now. Because there was another Ken, there was another Kendrick Lamar before this. That Michael that was Jordan Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, like the overly dedicated. Like chain in the same. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, the head nigga in charge. That ass. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. That exactly. When he was K Dot. But um, but one thing before I even got into K Dot was Merz. So I remember um, it was a YouTube video. Merz was in the studio with K Dot, and he was playing Ronald Reagan era. Mm. When I heard that beat, whoopty whoop, whoopty whoop, 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 yep. whoop, and then the niggas they they kicked the camera guy out the, at the um, studio. I was sick, bro. I was <laughs> like, yeah, I need to listen to what's going on. But Ronald Reagan era is definitely my favorite track on that. Um, Yo, you know what song I love, man? Uh, Blow my eye. Oh Pussy yeah, yes, whole niggas. Man, it's been in my business. 
And then he does, and then they do the uh, the Aaliyah interpolation. Yeah, yeah. Of a, a four page like, letter. I'm like, woo! Like your face just scrunches up when you hear that, that shit. Is, that I think is. You put me on Kendrick actually, because you used to bump it a lot. Mm. As far as Section 80, and then um, I think my first in- inter- encounter with Section 80 was on um, Hold Up. Okay, yeah, I love that right here. I tell y'all, I was trying to put him on every day. Like, for the, for the four minute, yeah. Every day, I'm like, yo, Section 80. Then he bought Michael Jordan, he was going hard with that. Then for me, one of my favorite albums, um, LA Bass, was uh, Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah. Like, uh, you can I talk, you can talk that about it. It's a second album, but like hearing that album, then hearing the storyline, like, I love music where an album is so good, you don't have to skip a song. Big facts. Yeah. And you can listen straight through it, and it's just perfect. Not yeah. a bad song on that album. You know, either. and I felt like you can't skip a song, you know, and I love that album. Like, yeah. every song. And, 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 and the. The, the funny thing about this album was that it really created like this like predicament in my head because this was around the time he was like you know obviously be, getting more involved with Dr. Dre mm-hmm. and getting ready to sign to Dr. Dre and I'm like um this kid seems like he's already the complete package like he's already got his own producers he's obviously writing his own shit uh, he has his own ideas bringing to, what is Dre really gonna bring to the table like what is Good Kid Mad City really gonna sound like mm-hmm. because like after hearing this like is he gonna be able to do this again and then he did, and then, like took it to another a level. Way. That's yeah. what I liked about it too. And then, but also like kept his whole like con like the concept album bit mm-hmm. like still there, which mm-hmm. was like crazy. And, you, and like the thing I like about this album is like it's an LA album, but it's still not an like you don't have to like because there are people that aren't a fan of LA music. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that don't they don't like the Sims? They don't like the the, the bass heavy thumping and shit. Uh, this is cool if you don't like that music, Trust but me. he still pays respects to. LA and Compton and like his neighborhood, What's which is dope. Is Honey Keys in the Compton courtroom? Exactly. <laughs> I can also appreciate the fact, and don't get me wrong, Good Kid Mad City is a great album, but the fact that you brought up Section 80, which not a lot of people talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. Everybody, well, Kendrick, everybody talks about uh, To Pimp a Butterfly, Dan, or Good Kid Mad City. For you to bring up Section 80, much respect, sir. That's, that's my Thank favorite you, Kendrick album. That's a fact. Good shit. Yo, Poe Man's Dreams. Yo, he showed GLC some love, bro. It is. When we heard GLC on that, I'm like, you got Smoke the Chicago good, connection. Good, live good. <laughs> and oh, shout out to J. Cole on producing High Power. Okay. J. Cole produced that? Yeah. J. Cole produced High wow, Power. That's cool. I didn't know he produced I, Honestly, I didn't really care for that song. Wow. Out of all the songs. Out of all the songs on that album. Yo, Greg is the ultimate Debbie Downer. So <laughs> anytime he brings something, I don't want to listen to it. <laughs> nah, I didn't care for that I song. I don't want to watch this today. I, I didn't care funny. for that great song. Thriller was ass. <laughs> Thriller was cheeks, boy. Oh my god. Michael Jordan's overrated. Cheeks, no, no, wait, don't wait, even wait. get him started. Don't wait, even wait. get him started. I had, to, started. I, had to, I had to listen to it as a 25 year old man. And that shit was amazing. I texted Ralph and I was like, yo, I'm sorry. <laughs> you should do more than Sam, so you should have brought him a cape. <laughs> Michael, jo- Michael Jackson's Thriller face on it. Amazing. I don't need um, a cape for Michael Jackson's face. Yo, man. You're not going to eat that cape? I mean, I don't need it. I just don't need it. Oh, man. All right, so. Think we're done with the music, guys? You guys want to touch on anything else? Um, we could be here all day. A, a couple, uh, uh, we could be here all day. Uh, nah, I, I want to throw a couple honorable mentions out there so right, no one gets offended. So no one's, in the, no one's in the DMs. We got a shout out um, Tupac. Uh, all eyes on me, of course. We got to talk about Dr. Dre's Not only The Chronic, but 2001 as well. Uh, we, oh, shout out to uh, YG, My Crazy Life. His debut album was crazy. No, yeah, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who else out there just killing it? Um, Schoolboy Q. Schoolboy Q's albums, not only uh, Habits and Contradictions and, um, wow, Oxymoron. 
and uh, Gwen Stacy LP as well. I'm, I'm fucking. I, I know. I know you're not, but I'm fucking my nigga Dom Kennedy all the way. Oh no! Bro. Shout out your boy Dom all the way, bro. Honestly, if Dom Kennedy was a New York nigga, he'd probably be the Brooklyn type. You heard? No, he probably would. <laughs> Yeah, but, but shout out to all shout out to all the LA artists, man. J Rock, J oh J Rock, uh, come home with me was a great album. I fuck with my man Casey Veggie. He just um, dropped the album Organic. I ain't listened to it yet. Um, ben Stables, that's Big my fish. man. You know what it is. Big Fish, FN. You know what it is. Um, what else? We have Tyler, Igor. Oh know. Tyler. Oh, oh, I mean, we always get that man credit. Though. Yeah, yeah, we do. Shout out to shout out to Orange County, the OC. Yes, sir. That's it. We visited um, his golf store, guys. Yeah, we did visit his golf there. store. There's, a, there's like six t-shirts in there. Yeah, six, six, six t-shirts, t-shirts, two shots, uh, <laughs> a pair of boxes. A pair? Of, oh, there was boxes in there. There were boxes. Yeah, and a couple of Converse's. Yeah, the Converse's were dope, though. Yeah, fine, yeah, fine. But, but yeah, shout out to all of them. No, yeah, absolutely, man. But especially uh, Frank Ocean. Oh, my God, all right. What? L- listen, first Frank, of all, he, first of Frank. All, first of all, Frank, we're letting him in this conversation, but he's from New Orleans. So right, he's, he's a little... He's an L.A. artist, though. He'll, nah, he'll call himself an L.A. artist. Nah, I don't hear that. Nah, stop it, bro. Yeah, he what was low wing. He down there. No, he's he not. Down he's down there. He's down there. He does not. He's down there with baby. He's down there with baby. You know. He does not claim cash money. They should have signed him with cash money. That's disrespectful. Why? Frank Ocean on cash money. Frank Ocean on cash money records. I'm with the shits. I'm with the shits. I'm with the shits too. Girl, you look good when you back that ass. He's doing cover for days. Imagine if Frank Ocean was was on Bedrock. Bling Imagine if he was on Bedrock. Oh my god. Yo. I gotta run him back and forth, soccer team. I'm sorry. That goes down as one of the worst bars in American history. Gotta, gotta. You gotta apologize, bro. That shit is horrible. I gotta run him back and forth. But Frank, please, make another album, bro. We need the music. Huh, you're not getting that album. <laughs> not for a while, bro. California will be underwater by the time you get that album. Speaking of Frank, yo, he is an amazing live performer. I just wanna say that. Mm. I've been to his concert before. Shit is dope. Right. I give you that. Vince Staples, same here, bro. Vince Staples, that's that's the top three, top two concerts I've ever been to. That's a fact, man. Had that shit jumping. Wow. Hammerstein Ballroom, 2019. You oh, heard? Hammerstein. Yeah. Sold out too. Yeah, Frank sold out. Terminal. Oh, oh, sh- sh- shout out to Miss Lynn. She was she was um, telling me the double the the, the double um, whiskey sours for only the singles. Shout right, out. To, shout out to Miss Miss Lynn. Miss Lynn. Does she listen to the vibe? I don't care. Shout out to Mr. Well, we care, so listen to this pod so you can hear your shout out. <laughs> Shit. All right, let's go. Let's move. Oh, guys, by the way, if we if we missed any music that you guys like, Hit feel us free to DMs. DMs. Email us, please, God. Please email us. Somebody email us. <laughs> I, look, I, email look us. I haven't checked the email in like six weeks. We might have one. We might have spam. Might have, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because every time I like log in on a new computer, I get hyped because I see a new one. It's just like, oh, you signed in on a new device. I'm like, fuck. Yo, that's stupid. <laughs> I'd be sick. All right, so. Let's get off the mo- the music subject for a little bit. Let's get to movies. Yes, please. Movies based in L.A. Who wants to start this one? Uh, I guess I'll start. I want to talk about the 2016 neo-noir crime black comedy film, The Nice Guys. Ooh, oh, wait. Just um, By the way, I- I'm not really too familiar. Oh, my God. Who stars in that film? Um, Russell Crowe. Oh, okay. Uh, Matt Bomber. Keith uh, David. Kim uh, Bassinger. Okay. Margaret Qualley. Uh-huh. And Andrew Rice. Directed by uh, Shane, Shane Black. Black. Okay, uh, you, you might be missing somebody. Nah, no, 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 I think I think, think there's a, a, a gentleman sitting standing next to Russell Crowe. Uh, some pasty, you, you, some pasty white guy. I don't what's know. his name? He's in for that pasty. I don't know. He's in for that pasty. I think he's guy. pretty obscure. How know. about uh, Ryan Gosling? <laughs> <laughs> you you really have a serious problem. 
I'm a fan, bro. What you mean? <laughs> Ryan Gosling. I ain't gonna pull up like no. I didn't. I didn't say. Please. I didn't hit that note. Yes, you did. You I didn't hit a note. Yes, you did. You, you hit a note. You crescendo. You crescendo. Ryan Gosling. Flames. Go ahead. Like, I mean, you picked the movie. I didn't even. I didn't even tell you to pick because this is a great movie. Right. right. But anyway, anyway, this movie takes place in 1977, Los Angeles, <laughs> and it just focuses on a pair of private eyes trying to solve a murder in the city. And yo, from the second this movie starts to the second this movie ends, it is just a fucking great time. Mm. If you have a love for crime noir like I do, I'm a big crime thriller guy. If you love buddy cop movies, if you like dark comedy, if you like the 70s vibe, if you like L.A., this movie has everything in it, man. It's hilarious. It's action-packed. It, there has this some deep moments in it, and, man, it just, it just shows how great of a director that Shane Black can be and also shows, like, how sharp his writing is. Um, and these are, like, Ryan Gosling and, and Russell Crowe, these are two actors that have never been known for their comedy. Like they've been like they'll be. Uh, Ryan's been in some funny stuff. He was in uh, the movie with Steve Carell a couple years. Yeah, he was. He was in Crazy Stupid. But Russell Crowe not so much. Yeah, and just like it really, this movie really allows both of them to flex their comedic chops Mm -hmm. and like just the the timing and the because a lot of it is the direction. You know what I mean? Like the the scene where um, where Ryan Gosling falls out, like he's at the party and he falls down the hill and he's like funny and he's sitting next to the dead body and like he's like he can't say any words but he's just like swinging his like. In, in the hands of another director, like, that's not really funny. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he was able to direct Ryan, like, behave that way, and he was actually talented enough to, like, pull that off and make it funny. It just, like, it it takes everything to the next level. Because mm-hmm. um, the writing is not, like, overly complicated or anything. It's literally mm-hmm. just, like, conversations and, like, these two characters that have crazy, crazy different personalities just, like, coming together and just, like, antics ensuing. Also, I gotta sh- give a shout out to the, the the girl that plays Ryan Gosling's daughter, man. She yes. she is awesome. Like, she's very funny. Yeah, she's very funny. She's also um in the new Spider Man movies uh, that I love. Uh, she's she's hilarious. I hope she has like a like a very successful career. Mm-hmm. like she's one of the great parts. Matt Bomber in this movie as the, the as the villain. Yo, the scene where they walk into the hotel and they're just like a row a hallway of dead people. I love that scene. And they just jump back in the elevator like, nah, we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. And he's throwing people out the building and they're falling like that was funny. <laughs> and then he shows up to the house later and, and his shootout breaks out. And it's family like, doctor. Yeah. It, it, this movie is just great, man. Like mm-hmm. like I said, if you like any of those things, you got to check this movie out. Um, it, it, it deals with the porn industry. It deals with, you know, the cigarette. All the things that were really plaguing the 1970s. Mm-hmm. It finds a way of weaving them in a, into a plot that does make sense and is very coherent. Because, like, it starts off like you have a lot of questions. And by the time the movie wraps up, they're answered. Um, and the only disappointing part about this film was the fact that it didn't make a lot of money. And I don't think it's going to get a sequel. Like, it's unfortunate. I would love to see. Yeah, I would love to see. These they were talking about doing a TV show, but I'm not even sure that's gonna. Yeah. If it's not Russell Crowe and Ryan yeah, Gosling, I want to see. I want to see these sure. characters because because yeah. honestly, like no bullshit, this is lethal weapon for this generation. Like I like I if it was successful, it's a slight stretch. Nah, this was a great movie, man. No, I love this movie. I think no. What I'm saying, it had the potential to be. It could. It with with it with success because this really I think this was a great buddy cop movie. We, mm-hmm. we don't really get those anymore. We we get we get superhero movies and John Wick. Let's be honest. I do like John Wick. Yeah, we get that's it. So like the fact that he was able to throw this movie in the ring mm-hmm. was was dope. Um, I actually just watched this movie recently for uh, just to watch it because yeah. <laughs> I knew I was coming to L.A. Because of Ryan? Uh, no, uh, no, I, was just, I, I really just knew, I knew I was coming to L.A. and I had, I wanted to see the movie because I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, but you really get 
if you're into this kind of stuff, like the physical comedy done by both Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, it's pretty good. Like, you know, Ryan falling down the thing, the facial twitches by Ryan Gosling in the elevator. Yeah. Just, when the guy falls out the window, then you see him, like, start shaking. Like, that yeah. shit is funny. So it's just, like, little stuff like that that does interest me when I, when I watch, like, actors, like, working. Mm. So it, it's just, it's, it's good stuff. And then Ryan in the end, when he's, like, nearly indestructible, when he's falling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, I can't die. <laughs> Guy's shooting at him, and it's, it's, it's funny shit, bro. But, yes, the little girl does an amazing job. And Russell Crowe, I'm not sure. I'm not too familiar with his filmography like maybe other people are. Mm-hmm. I've never really seen him in funny stuff like that. Yeah. Until The Nice Guys. It's a funny movie, bro. Yeah, this, this, this movie's hilarious. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, please watch it because it is a really good movie. Yeah. Is it on Netflix? No. No, nah, it, it was on HBO for a while. But I got you, bro. I got the Yo, nah. Uh, the funniest part is the part where they go see the little kid and then he finds out that they were shooting a porno. So this like this like 13-year-old kid was like, hey, you guys like shooting porn? He's like, no. He's like, well, he's like, look, I'm just saying... Uh, if you, want, if you want to see my dick, I got <laughs> really a really big. big. I got a really big dick, and I'm like, kid, no, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> oh man, no, that's a good movie, bro. Yeah, I fuck with this movie heavily. Nah, that's a good movie. Big good movie. Yeah, Bob, Matt Bomber, super scary in that movie. All yeah. right, uh, G, want to hit this one next? Yeah, I, I'm up next. You feel me? I'm up next at bat. Heard you ready? You. Heard you. I said, are y'all ready? Just fucking talk. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with um, House Party. You know, a classic. Hey. I shouldn't even. I just have to explain this because if you haven't listened to this, then I don't even know why you want to stoop. No, let me stop. You mean seen it? Seen it? Yeah, that's facts. That's facts. But um, I'm not even gonna lie. I didn't see House Party until college. I, I didn't watch it fully until college. And let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me that's tell crazy. You. It took my roommate. Shout out to my man Flex. Um, my roommate Funk Alex. Flex not Flex. We yeah, he went Flex. to he went to college with Funk Flex. Why can't it be crazy? Thing? How the fuck would he be able to go to college with Funk Flex? Why would Funk Flex go to college? The man's multi-millionaire. He smarter. <laughs> so, right? he went, so he went to Penn State? Maybe, I don't know. Nah. Pull up Flex's background. Pull up Funk Flex. Word. Pull up to the stoop. Nah, don't pull up to the stoop. No, nah, he's too aggressive. <laughs> nah, we don't, we don't need a... <laughs> Who wants smoke? Drop Mr. 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 Chimney's here. Call me Mr. Chimney. Chimney's here. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the wild bombs on our podcast. Flex, just put some on your, on your Instagram, bro. But don't, don't pull. <laughs> I'll tell you, load a clip. Drop wild bombs. You, you load a clips for what? You ain't got no ammunition. <laughs> Firing off bazookas. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, my roommate Alex, we call him Flex because um, he would always dance. He's a big dancer. Um, shout out my man Flex from BK. Okay, back. So um, basically, in a sense, case maybe. He was like, yo, bro, you ever see House Party? He was like, I was like, nah. He was like, yo, this is my favorite movie, bro. You're not leaving the crib tonight until you watch House Party. So we sat there and watched House Party. And I kid you not, I love this movie from beginning to end. It is, honestly, I feel like it's the perfect movie. To keep mm. it about. It's, 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 wow. it's, 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 a, it's a, not, not like it's, it's like the, the best movie, but it's a perfect movie. Yeah. It, you know, it's, when you think about it from an African-American point of view, you know. I think I think the movie does because I'm a huge House Party fan, uh-huh. especially the first one. Um, it does accomplish what it set out to do, you know yeah. what I mean? Which is tell this fun, fun story story about these kids throwing a house party. Facts, and, and the thing about it is, is everybody can relate. I feel like everybody can relate, you know, especially when you're a guy and you know you have feelings for a girl and she may be a little bit out of your league, and mm. you have to do that. You have to take the extra initiative to you know make yourself known. Hey, I exist. 
Yeah. <laughs> Come on, talk to you, shorty. Yeah. And, you know, he gets the girl at the end. And, you know, th- th- that's the great part. You know, for, any- for anybody who hasn't seen House Party, I definitely spoiled it for you. But, you know, life case may be. Um, shout out Robin Harris. You know, this was one of his last um, R.I.P. films, you know, before mm-hmm. he died. Didn't he die like nine, but like nine days after it released? It's like, yeah, he. I think he died like pretty close to the movie's release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they dedicated uh, House Party to him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yo, I just lo- the thing I love about this movie is that it actually gives you the feeling that you're in this and the party. party. Yeah, like the, the fact music that, is phenomenal. Yeah, the fact that it takes place over the course of just like a few hours. It starts mm-hmm. in school and then it transitions to the party, and then like the whole time, um, kid is trying to get to the party, and then meanwhile, like put like plays dealing with all the bullshit at the party. At the party, uh, He's and like t- taking a dump in his crib. Yeah, and it's like this, like there's literally stare like it. it it touches on every single type of person you find at the house. You got, you got the uh, the drunk dude. You at find the, party. the dude that's drinking too much. You got the girl that's complaining that there's no food. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just my favorite part, man, the dance off between. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like I like the freestyle with, 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 with Shireen and Tisha. With Shireen, I'm about to say Tisha Campbell. No, Tisha yeah, Campbell. Right. yeah, yeah. Uh, Shireen and Tisha Campbell versus Kid and Play. It's just like the choreography and the mute and uh. Playing uh, ain't that type of hype and the love for night like the '90s music and all that. Yeah, that seems like fun. We don't have fun at, at parties like that, bro. Yeah, I, yo, I used to go to like that was my. That's the, I guess that's the, like this movie fucked up like my perception of parties. It's OD. the reason why I can't enjoy OD. parties because like I get there and ain't none of that shit happens. It's not even the type of music. It's just a bunch of people. To. Yeah, it's just a bunch of people drinking this movie. Yeah, big facts, man. I, I felt like this movie was so realistic as far as what a party can actually look like and what really can happen mm-hmm. compared to like par- movies where it's like. Like Project X, like American like, like Project really, X, yeah. About Project that. X, yeah. That's like, like 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 fictional shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but this party was the the simplicity of it and the reality of it was. And, like, and, and also like the fact that it portrayed like black kids partying in a positive light. Like there wasn't yeah. like nothing bad happened. Like because typically when they show when they show black kids partying, it always ends with somebody getting shot at the end. Mm-hmm. So, like you, of course you had um you had the three bullies in the movie, but. They weren't really hurting anybody. Well, it was comedic humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the movie well, didn't get too dark and anything. It showed, like, yo, black kids like to just go to parties. Oh, and, even, and, and, and even when um, when he, when he went by, 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 the, by the older um, black party, when he went through the Oh, yeah, party, yeah, yeah. And, shit, like, and, and he turned that shit up? Yeah, that ass. But um, what else? Oh, also um, that part where um, Play's trying to tell Kid, like, yo, you shouldn't go after Shireen, bro. Like... You can't bring her to your crib. She oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like, that means there's somebody always home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, not getting none. You might as well holler at Cindy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about when Martin went to the window? It was like, oh, Shireen. I Y'all couldn't stand Shireen. Shireen was too much of a tease, man. OD, she, OD. She was teasing uh, both of them. Both the of them at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Nah, Cindy's where it's at, though. Yeah. Cindy was at, where was that? She was a good girl. Uh, definitely. My man, um, kid was all up in them cheeks, boy. You didn't see all that. <laughs> you know, we don't know that happened. Imagination is a wild thing, boy. He was in those cheeks. You trying to tell me he wasn't in those cheeks by the end of the, end of the movie? Nah, I'm, she was with Dwayne Martin. Was she? Oh, you talking about in real life? In real life? I'm not talking about real life. You talking about the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about real life. Nah, they just, they just, they just kissed. They, they almost went all the way. Didn't have, I thought they went all the way. Nah, he didn't have protection. Oh yeah, he some old ass rubber. But he did park it through two and three. Well, and, not two through two, three. He just, he just caught a. I don't, I don't, I don't talk about those movies. Two and three years. You don't like they bought some that, bro. Two, two was I. Two was bad. Bro, how you gonna have a movie called House Party and a party takes place in the last fifteen minutes of the movie? <laughs> and then it's not in a house; it's in a gym. Damn. Couldn't stand that movie. My but, boy spent his tuition money. I'd be tight. We fight. Yeah, you're not spending my tuition. Like, money. That's okay. That's okay. 
But yeah, shout out to Al Party. And shout out to the uh, uh, Houston Brothers did that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who also helped produce the, the Boondocks. Oh, where? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Nice. All right. I'm going to bring it back some times away. Oh, God. To 19... Oh, come on. Oh, oh Lord. Oh, 1952. Oh, shit. Oh, being, as, being that this is uh, an LA-themed episode, it w- I wouldn't be serving it justice if I didn't say an old-time movie. Mm-hmm. All right? So this is personally, I think, the greatest musical movie that's ever come out. It's called Singing in the Rain. <clears throat> some, you guys have heard that phrase before of at course. some point. Singing in the Rain. Has anybody watched it besides me, by the way? I've no, seen the I've seen the scene where, where he's, he's walking. In the rain? Yes, when he's walking okay. down the street. I so. mean, that's an iconic scene. I just thought, honestly, I thought it was. He's like, ho, 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 ho. Yes, I, I don't know about. The show. Honestly, I thought it was like that scene, and then the movie ends. Um, I didn't know there was a story. Right, this, is, this is about ninety <laughs> other minutes. Oh story. shit! Involved with it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man! All right, so it's it's directed by Gene Kelly, also starring Gene Kelly, Donald o, uh, Donald O'Collar, and Debbie Reynolds. If you guys didn't know, Debbie Reynolds is also the mother of. Uh, uh, Patrick uh, Carrie Fisher. Fisher. There you go, I'll, Princess Leia. Yeah, Not Princess everyone Leia. knows that. Carrie Fisher. All right, you were close. I'm proud of you. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, the movie's about Don Lockwood and his best friend Cosmo Brown. Don Lockwood is a famous actor uh, in Los Angeles, and Kathy Selden, played by uh, Debbie Reynolds, is a character that comes along. Don uh, falls in love with her, and whatever in the movie could, uh, ensues. And then know. they sing about it. They sing about, all right, listen. It's a musical? <laughs> it's a musical, oh, yes. Oh, no. no. No, 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 hold on. <laughs> this is the best musical of all time. Yeah, if you're gonna watch musical? one, if you're gonna watch one, watch Singing in the Rain, because it's okay. a very classic movie. It takes place in- Better than The Sound of Music? Yes. <laughs> I fuck with The Sound of Music. I'm not, I mean, listen, it's a very subjective thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. But uh, this is my personal- Julie thing. fucking Andrews? Have you seen Singing in the Rain? Julie Andrews. Can I ask you a question? Have you seen Julie Andrews? Yes. I love Julie Andrews. She's a goddess. Yeah. Right. Have you seen Singing in the Rain? All right, then. I'm so, not, it's Gene, so Ke- Gene, Gene Kelly's not Julie Andrews. So, that's all I'm saying. Gene Kelly's a, a national hero, bro. What he do? What do you mean he's, he's a What he do to say the nation? Say Julie the Andrews, like, literally, like, in World she do? War Two. <laughs> in that movie, <laughs> she, she's saying the Nazis to, to get them to surrender. She's saying the Nazis get them to stop fighting. Right, Don Lock. That's G. Kelly. That's big. That's big. G. Kelly. Right 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 Put some respect on my girl's name. Shout out to Nazis. Fair enough. Fair enough. But nah, um, this movie, like we were speaking about earlier, and it's yeah. also in the title of the name, has one of the most iconic musical numbers in movie history, film yes. history, yes. Almost yes. cinema history. Singing, singing in the rain. Um, Don Don Lockwood. Um, not Don Lockwood. Donald O'Connor has a very good scene. It's called Make Them Laugh. It's a musical number. I know that. I know that. You've seen it. Yeah. A lot of people have seen it before. They just don't know where it's from. It's yeah. actually from this movie. But he's doing like a lot of, like I was speaking earlier, physical comedy, where he's like jumping up and down. The, I, it looks like it's taken almost in one take. It is a, it, it's great. Mm. People don't talk about that scene enough, but he does a great job. If you guys haven't watched it, just type in Donald O'Connor, Make Them Laugh, in uh, Singing in the Rain. It is great. Yeah, Gene Kelly's uh, dance number at the end of Broadway something after it's one of the last um, scenes in the movie but it's just great this a lot of people gave Gene, uh, G, uh, excuse me Gene Kelly a lot of people gave Gene Kelly flack because he wasn't able to sing I think he's a phenomenal singer and especially in this movie it's, he does such a good job mm. I love this movie a lot I like LA so anything a lot of stuff that's based in LA I'm probably going to enjoy especially when it's based on cinema right so if you get a chance and it's a, it's 1952 so I don't expect like Avengers Endgame level special know, effects. Special effects. Oh, but, oh, there's no, why does this look so fake? It's no yes. CGI. Where's the color? But it's great. It's like 90 minutes long. It's a brisk watch. I love it. It's great. Okay. Okay. I respect it. 
Okay, sir. All right. Uh, can we move into a much darker uh, corner of LA? One that looks like the one outside our window. Because <laughs> I gotta talk about this motherfucking. Movie. We in the hood, bro. Yeah, we are in the hood. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let you know we're not safe. <laughs> like we're doing this for you, but <laughs> we're not safe at all. But anyway, you know who wasn't safe? My man Ethan Hawke in the 2001 movie Fucking Training Day. <laughs> Woo! Training Day, man, is just a tour de force, like crime thriller. That wasn't uh, a special effect, by the way. That was uh, actually. Yeah, these are real gunshots. <laughs> the man's in the apartment. It's the crackheads outside. Man. Somebody help us. The crackheads outside. Somebody got skimmed on a whole lot of crack. Nah, but um, you guys know this movie. You guys know Denzel. Uh, just so many quotables come from this movie. Mm-hmm. Denzel commands this movie from start to finish. And Ethan Hawke does a phenomenal job, mm-hmm. too. I, I feel like he doesn't get talked about enough just because Denzel just, you know, destroys it. Sometimes playing that side character is very important. It, yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's very definitely. very difficult as well. It is. Um, just the chemistry that these two have, um, just going back and forth, man, is amazing. Um, directed by Anton Fuqua and written by David Ayer. Um, th- this movie is, is, is just, it's just great. Um, for those that don't know, Training Day follows, you know, Ethan Hawke's character as he's take as he uh, shadows uh, lead lieutenant um, Alonzo Harris detective detective what I say lieutenant yeah. detective sorry um, and he follows him and slowly throughout the day he starts to find out how corrupt he is mm-hmm. and the thing that I love about it is like how the movie escalates at a brisk pace you don't really you don't really get a sense of who uh, Alonzo Harris is when you start the movie. But just when Denzel Washington turns on the charisma, like you start to see, like, okay, is this guy all the way? And like you put yourself in the in the shoes of Ethan Hawke and seeing, like, okay, this is somebody you're supposed to be looking up to, you're supposed to be idolizing, and just that's taking you under their mentorship. And you start to see, like, they're not what you thought they were. And then not only that, but that they're actually the thing that you hate and that mm-hmm. you, you despise. And slowly seeing that he's a corrupt cop, it, it just makes for a thrilling experience. And you don't know what's going to happen with this movie. The movie doesn't really lay out the, the story in front of you in the beginning. It slowly builds upon it. And it, it is kind of a mystery because you're like, yo, what is he doing along this day? Mm-hmm. And, and it, like I said, it's just Denzel, man, just like he doesn't stop with this movie. Like everything is like quotable. It's like we all know King Kong ain't got shit on me, but just like everything else like the line when in the beginning where he's like telling Ethan Hawke to shut up and let him read the paper and then he won't shut up so he's like you tell me a story he's like I'm this is this is not this is a newspaper it's 98% bullshit but it's entertaining you won't let me read it so you entertain me with your bullshit mm-hmm. and it's like I feel like Denzel's talking to me and I'm like uh, uh <laughs> like as an audience member you got the left pocket right pocket you got the left pocket and the right pocket yep. in between them is money boom pay the check and it's like like the writing in it is uh, spectacular. I had to read, the, I read the screenplay and to find out that a lot of this stuff was improvised as well. Like Denzel was just like going with the flow and then like it's a testament to his acting ability, which, which is just crazy. I mean, it's just, a, it's just a great film and it also has a bunch of great actors in it that you don't really, not that you don't really see, but that have grown to become like even bigger actors. Like even Mendez is in this movie. She doesn't get much to do, but she's great. And we see where her, where her career. Uh, shout out to Terry Crews who's in this movie. Shout out to Terry Crews that says absolutely nothing. He mm-hmm. just sits there and looks at the That's yeah. it. That neighborhood. I don't ever want to go there. Oh no. I don't ever want to see that place. We might be right by it. That's Watts. Know. Nah, they might be in Watts. For the audience, Ralph was not trying to pull up to Watts. I don't. None of us were trying to pull up to Watts. I didn't want to go. I was to trying to pull up. 
But but it's also cool because the movie really gives you a real representation of LA. The movie was shot on site and it shows all these neighborhoods. You know, it takes you from downtown where we are to it takes us. It probably takes us to Inglewood. I think it takes us to Echo Park. It takes us to Central Los Angeles. The scene where Ethan Hawke gets thrown in the bathtub oh, with yeah. the Spanish with yeah, the with the, with the Mexican uh, dealers. Mm-hmm. That scene is scary, and the fact that he just happened to save their cousin from getting, getting raped, raped yeah. earlier in the day. It was just like, it's the one in a million uh, coincidence, yeah. but thank God. And then like the final confrontation where, you know, people are finally finished with Denzel's shit and finally decide to take a stand against him. It's, it's just great as well. And then we get that immaculate fucking monologue by him, which is just great, man. I love this movie, if you guys can tell. No, this movie's great. And like, like we said earlier, the writing is good, yes. But, yeah. however... Denzel cer- there's certain t- There's certain scripts where the actor just takes it to an entire... And, and that's what he does. And this is a prime example of Cause it. Because I'm reading the script and I'm like, oh shit, like, Denzel, this is not in... What Denzel said is not in it. And it's like, oh, Correct. like, he put that... In, like Denzel made it his. Yeah. And that's what makes this movie so... Full. Like, don't get me wrong, Ethan Hawke does a great job. A lot of the supporting characters do a great job. This is Denzel's movie. Yeah, this is Denzel's movie. This is Denzel's movie and it is... Absolutely phenomenal watch, and it's just—it's so interesting to see how Denzel basically plans his day out from start to finish. Yeah, and almost gets away with it. Yeah, but you know, he didn't—he didn't anticipate Ethan Hawke being so. Uh, okay, so this is my biggest question with this movie: mm-hmm. Why, on all God, like in God's name, on the most important day of your life, when you got all this important shit do you that you have to do, do you take on this fucking recruit? No, he was gonna set him up. Hmm. That was the whole point? <laughs> really? Did I miss that? When was last time you watched the movie, bro? Like two weeks ago. That was the point. He was trying to set up the new rookie cop, quote unquote. Right. So he wouldn't get blamed in the end. You know what I'm saying? I never caught that. I was always wondering, I was like, why the fuck did he bring him on for this, on this day? It was very, it was, he didn't, of course he didn't anticipate oh. Ethan being so cunning as he was. Mm. But it was, it was for that reason, to set ah, him up. Ah, okay. Because I was always wondering, like, why would you bring a new guy on the day? Because mm-hmm. you, you got your squad, and they're down with the story, and they're yep. with the shits. And then you bring a new kid on that you know is might there's a chance that... There's a large chance that he's not going to be with it. It's a scapegoat. That makes sense. That it's makes a lot of sense. Okay, you, yo, you just solved my one thought with this movie. That's, Thank that's, you, bro. That is movie's, movie's a 10 out of 10 for me. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got shit on me. I, I run shit here. Y'all just live here. Mm. That's why I'm here, bro. I got you. Yo, also, small, like, actors know, like, I love the part when he's like, what a day. What a motherfucking day. Mm-hmm. And then he does, like, that little, like, dance because he got shot in the ass. He's like, mm-hmm. and he's like, you can tell, like, he's, like, fighting through the pain. <laughs> he's like, shot in the ass. <laughs> and if you motherfucker. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> shot me in the ass. Stoop Dog does a great job, too. Shout out to him. He does. Uh, but why does he walk up, like, see Alonzo? In the car and doesn't know who he is, but then when he gets caught later, he like knows who he is. I think Ethan Hawke spoke to him first, mm-hmm. but he so, didn't see Alonzo in the car. Possibly not. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You, you're right. I, I don't know. Yeah. He probably didn't see it. Then he got out the car. Also, Dr. Dre, love you. You're the, you're a fantastic producer, one of the best I've, that I've ever done. It. You're a musical genius. Mm-hmm. That acting is terrible. Yes. Yo, let's pop Starbucks. <laughs> Just like yo, come on, bro. Let's pop Starbucks. Let's leave his ass right here. And then they had him chewing on a toothpick. You can barely act and you chewing on a toothpick. <laughs> just leave the acting Denzel, bro. Yeah, stop giving this man too many things to do. <laughs> great job on the soundtrack, though. You killed it. Nah, but this movie is a 10 out of 10. It's great. Exactly. And he... Yo, because I used to say back in the day, you know, why did he win the... Because I don't think this is Denzel's best role, in my opinion. Uh, it's a great role. I don't think it's his best. 
I'm gonna give that. I'm gonna, Malcolm X, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm gonna give that to Malcolm. It's one A, one B for me. Yeah. Okay. But I always used to question why, like, he won for this role, mm-hmm. and then coming back as an adult and rewatching it now, I see. So yeah, shout out to the training day. And then Absolutely. All right, this next one we're gonna talk about. It's another musical. Sorry if you guys aren't uh, fans. Of G. Oh. I know, G, I know how much you love musicals, but uh, Reggie, I hate them shits. you what? I hate them shits. I know. I know. You like the Lion King? That's a musical. I only like the Lion King because the Lion King helped me go to college. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> 2016 La La Land. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's easy in my top five. Um, overrated. It's not overrated. What do you mean overrated? Watch your mouth. <laughs> overrated. Was it about? No, I'm not going to. Oh, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to shit on you. I'll tell you right now. It's the most simplistic story ever. But let's get to this awesome cast. Go ahead. Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling. All right, so. Now let me stop. Let me stop. John Legend's in it too. He actually does a decent job. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't do one. Don't do one with John like that. He's in the movie for like ten minutes, bro. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. He's in the movie for ten minutes. I, I don't know. All right. So, but not. But all, all jokes aside, the reason why I do love this movie, eh, the plot's okay. I love the music and the setting. Mm-hmm. The way this movie is shot, it's a love letter to Los Angeles. Um, from the opening number to the closing epilogue type dream sequence, it's just a, a, a beautifully shot movie. Uh, the opening number is basically a long dance number on one of the main highways of Los Angeles. It's shot like a one take. The use of colors on it is amazing. If you ever get a chance, I think GQ or one of those uh, YouTube websites, they actually did, uh, I forgot what it is. I'm, I'm, maybe it's how, like the how, I, how I shot it. Yeah, how they shot it. They did one for La Land's opening sequence. Yeah, yeah, it's, really, it's pretty awesome to watch that. Um, but yeah, anyways. Oh, and the other thing was the the colors um, of just the movie itself. It's it's just, it's very aesthetically pleasing. It's very aesthetically pleasing. The clothes in it are mad cool. Anyways, um, Ryan Gosling plays Sebastian and Emma plays Mia. Sebastian is an upcoming aspiring jazz musician, uh, pianist, and uh, Mia Dolan is an aspiring actress. That both live in Los Angeles and they're both trying to come up. They end up falling in love. This movie came out in 2016, so I guess I'll just spoil it. They end up falling in love. They both are trying to achieve their, achieve their dreams. And in the process of that, their relationship doesn't end up working out. But the fact of the matter is that ends to happen in life. You know, Sometimes you know, in order to achieve your dreams, you might have to leave certain people behind. And as sad as that is, it's the truth. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, the, the music in this movie is... I love the, the, the soundtrack to this album. I listen to it to this day all the time. Um, even coming out to it, the trailers for it were like really good, which I watched it in theaters, I think maybe the opening night or opening weekend. Mm. Ah, it was great. Um, but yeah, as you guys know, I don't know if you guys are able to tell this, Ryan Gosling is one of my favorite actors, so that was another reason for me. But another main reason, the, the, the director, uh, I forgot to mention this earlier, Damien Chazelle yeah. is absolutely phenomenal. If anybody has seen Whiplash, you would understand. Which is one of my favorite movies. He is a great director. Whiplash. Also, he... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 just Whiplash is fucking like... like no, it's a 10 phenomenal. 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, 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 a, it's a modern day classic. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. That, that's another great movie starring uh, J.K. Simmons as well and Miles Teller. But yeah, that's another reason why I watched this movie. Like, I, I already knew Damon Chazelle's like, he's not going to fuck this up. And this is his dream project. He, uh, when I saw the, the interviews coming, in, uh, coming into this movie, this is the movie that he ultimately wanted to shoot. It wasn't necessarily Whiplash. Yeah. This is the movie he actually wanted to shoot. Right. And it's just great, man. I, I, I just love it. Especially the scene of Ryan Gosling and um, Emma Stone are dancing um, with the sunset in the background. Yeah. Are they, oh. are they in Griffith Park? 
There in Griffith Park, yes. Yeah. It's on one of those highways, I believe. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that that area is Griffith Park. Yeah. Um, this, the, the light post and the the, the, stu- the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all fake. Yeah. But the background itself is, is right. real. Right. right. And it, it's it's interesting because they they only have maybe like an hour or like a half hour to shoot that scene. To get because that. they have to get the sunset the right way. Right. So, oh man, it's just cool. I absolutely love this movie. Yeah. You And y'all know I talk about this movie like nonstop. I, I love this movie. Um, they, you could play this at any point in time. I watch it. Like I said, Singing in the Rain is the best musical of all time. La La Land is number two. To me, on my list, mm. buddy. All right? Look, look, look. I, I watched this, watch this movie. I watched it a couple years ago with mm-hmm. my girl. Uh, I'm not a... You, I'm, so you watched it with your guy? Girl. Uh, you know, like, I'm not the biggest musical fan. Look, when I saw it, I didn't hate it. I didn't, you know, just like, I didn't trash it or anything. Personally, you know, I didn't see what the big whoop is about, but there were things that I took away from it. And, like, I agree with a lot of your points. Mm-hmm. Um, the chemistry between Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling is phenomenal. I think that they took a look at St- Crazy Stupid Love because they were together in that movie as well. And we're just like, oh, no, we got to get these two together again on that was, screen. That was definitely part of it. Miles Tell was actually first cast as uh, Oh, and I'm, and I'm glad that he was not cast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like Miles Teller as much as everyone else does. He's all right. He's I just a, think yeah. Ryan Gosling was a better fit for also, this character. He also has a very punchable face. Um, so you're going to punch him in the face? No, I just say he has a punchable face. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do agree with a lot of your points. I do like the fact that it is a love letter to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. The movie is very bright and vibrant. I love, I love its use of colors, and I love that. I love the respect that it has for artistry. I don't think a lot of movies today really get into like the things that what people do to get where they are and the sacrifices that they make. I, I think a lot of the times we kind of just jump in on characters and they're and they're already famous or they're already rich, and now we're dealing with the life of a rich person. You know, it's like the bi- like the whole biopic thing, where it's like you're watching Queen, you know, record a demo, and then in the next scene they're already selling out stadiums. Yeah, that's you don't you that's don't see how how, you don't see how we get there. You don't see the relationships that are shattered because of it. We, right. You don't see um, people that are hurt and the collateral damage and the sacrifices that are made and, and working at Starbucks mm-hmm. or uh, having to like move into like a tiny ass apartment where you can barely move in and work a day job in mm-hmm. order. It's like for a shot. To achieve like what you want to, right? So like the fact that you know Damien Chazelle does uh, put that put that in his film because he also put that in Whiplash as well and show like nah like that shit that you see on TV that wasn't like by accident that wasn't by you know design that was through like they they bled for that shit mm-hmm. like there aren't a lot of uh, creators and creatives that that actually focus on that. So like the fact that he does in these two films, like I do have a lot of respect for that, mm-hmm. which is which is really dope. Yeah. And I and I like and I like you said, I like the fact that they don't end up together. Um, it's a very it's a very sad ending, but it's also very bittersweet because you do know like okay, at least these guys, these these people did achieve what they wanted to, but it did come at a cost. Right. And it does force you know regular people in the audience to ask the question like, what are you really willing to sacrifice for your dreams? Or the per- like, could you really like give up like someone that could potentially be your wife and be you know as happy as you wanted to be, mm-hmm. so you could just do this other thing? Because yeah. what happens? Because what happens when the thing that you were doing that you said you love like fades? Like what happens when your love of music fades? Mm-hmm. Now that woman is no longer there; she's no longer an option. Right. Or what if you chose the woman and that woman, your love for the woman fades, and now you no longer have the music behind you? Yeah. Like it, it, yeah. it, the movie does pose a lot of good like 
introspective questions, and I like that about it. Yeah, and just to double down on the ending, I, I abs- when I first watched it, and if you do ever get a chance to watch it, you watch the whole movie in its entirety, you're invested in these characters, if you like the movie anyway. You're invested in these characters, and when you, you're anticipating them to end up together, and also that their dreams just magically come true. And in real life, that does not happen all the time. Nope. So when you get to the end of it, at first, especially when I first watched the movie, I didn't like the ending. I was not happy with the ending. Mm. But I realized that it, it's still a happy ending because both of them achieved the dreams that they wanted to achieve. Mm. You know, Sebastian ended up owning the, the nightclub, that he, the jazz club that he wanted. And Mia ended up becoming a, fa- a super famous actress. Mm. So they both got what they wanted. And who knows? And she maybe, fell in love as well. Uh, who knows? Maybe she'll get divorced from her husband and they'll get back together. I guess. It's never too late for anything. I guess. But well, they had I mean, kids. It is LA, right? Yeah. It's LA. It, it is LA. Anything can happen. It is LA. But not. I mean, the relationships don't exist in LA. Facts. Who do, yeah, didn't somebody say that to, to yeah. us today? Right by. Oh, you didn't hear that, did you? Oh, yeah, we was on our way to, we 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 to John we and Vinny, right? And some girls rolled their window down. And then they was like, um, hey, guys, the relationships, um, what did they say? Relationships, the relationships exist in LA. What was I? You we were waiting on John to get in John and Vinny's. And then I was like, yo, we just from New York. And she was like, ooh, I love New York penis. Nah, she didn't say that. She said, I love New York men. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Just to finish same off, thing. guys, don't listen to me. But uh, La La Land also has 14 Oscar nominations. So it was a great movie. But it lost the moonlight. Uh, it won for about 10 seconds. Yeah, it won for about, <laughs> for about 15 seconds. It won for like 10 seconds. I was so pissed off that night. Then you were like, dub. It's like, oh, by the way, Moonlight won. Oh, God. Whatever. But yes, La La Land, give it a shot, watch it. I love that movie. Go. Any uh, honorable mentions? Oh, hell yeah, we got some honorable mentions. Stand by one second, sir. Shout out to Friday. I'm going to throw that out there. Um, do the right thing. No, pause do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. I meant to say, um. Not like we didn't have an entire episode oh, in it. Oh, bro, leave me alone. I meant to right, say, um. What's my thing? Called, All right, hold on. Man? Boys We in got the hood. Nightcrawler, okay. which is a movie that I actually put y'all on to. Nightcrawler is a good movie. Very I saw good that. Movie. That's Sorry, a good movie. Straight out of Compton. Yes, one of the best biopics in my opinion. Absolutely. Drive starring Ryan Gosling. Um, Inherent Vice, mm-hmm. Gangsta Squad, another movie with Ryan Gosling. Okay. And I'm Emma just Stone saying, too. I'm just and saying. Emma Stone. And Emma Stone, too. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> LA Confidential. <laughs> wow. Boys in the Hood. Yes. I don't Classic. know why no one mentioned that. Uh, Blade Runner, technically. Blade it Runner 2049. Yeah, it's, it's based in LA. With, with who? Uh, well, I was actually talking about the original. But if you want to talk about 2049, yeah, it's Ryan Gosling. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> it's like scary, like your obsession with this man. I'm not obsessed, bro. Okay. Okay. Jackie Brown. Right. If you like a man. Point a Break. Man. I, I'm a fan. Reservoir Dogs. Yes. Y'all talk about Jay-Z every episode. I don't, want him I don't talk about Jay-Z every episode. Jay-Z every episode. Catch you more. sneak. No, no. Like, we'll bring Jay-Z up as a topic. You just like, we'll be talking about like fucking. Lion. <laughs> we'll be talking about something like, oh, like the Lion King. You know what rhymes with Lion, Ryan? Yep. Like, you do shit like that. <laughs> You ever played Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon? No. All right, then. The fuck is I'll, that? I'll explain to you what that is afterwards. All right. Collateral, uh, Bowfinger. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Bowfinger? <laughs> That's the Eddie Murphy movie. Eddie Murphy, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God, Naeem. That movie's crazy, bro. But it's weird, bro. That, that movie's weird. Beverly Hills Cop. It's a comedy, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, Crash, Terminator 1 and 2. Minister Society. Heat, Pulp Fiction, Chinatown, Double Indemnity. Uh, who Framed Roger Rabbit. It does take place I in LA. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Die Hard. And yes. Speed. Lit. Like a drug? We could have been here all day we talking about movies as well. Hey. Great job on that segment, guys. Thank you. All right, so it's we're getting to that time where this is one of our favorite parts of the episode. 
So, G, without further ado, put us on, sir. Alright, um, I'm about to put y'all on something that um, I just put myself on. Um, it has been almost a decade now since we had our last Little Brother album, and I am ecstatic. Um, Little Brother just dropped the album 12 o'clock tonight. Um, us being LA, we got it what, like around um, what can I say? 9 o'clock? 9 o'clock. Yeah, we got it around 9 o'clock. But um, May the Lord Watch, Little Brother's new album. Um, and I've only been through the first, what, five tracks so far, and I am liking it so far. Um, if you guys do watch the show like you should be watching the show, you've heard my review of The Minstrel Show. And basically, this is this album basically where it starts off. Um, it definitely sounds like The Minstrel Show with um, their themes and skits. And it sounded to be really cool, man. Even though Ninth is not on this album, he still shows a lot of love to the group and um, definitely supports. Little Brother is definitely your rapper's rapper. Um, your rapper's favorite rapper. Fonte, man. Fonte's top five. I, it's, it's just not, not, not a bad bar from him. He doesn't waste a word, a syllable, a vowel. It's just really crazy right now. But, um, man, that new little brother, I need y'all to check it out. I can't really talk too much more about it because I haven't finished it myself. Mm -hmm. But um, from these first five tracks, man, it sounds like a little brother that I've came to grown up with, and I'm just happy. I feel like an old man right now, you know? Dope. Just, just happy. That's what's up. And I'm, I'm going to keep it at that. I'll let y'all know how I feel about it later. What? Um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about, since we are talking about L.A., I want to talk about one of my favorite L.A.-based shows, Californication, on Showtime. Uh, Californication, for those that don't know, follows uh, David Duchovny as he portrays Hank Moody, a alcoholic, sex-addicted, just debaucherous, drug-addled loser of a successful writer. Yeah. Um, and each season uh, follows him as he tries to juggle you know, his demons, his vices, along with a struggling writing career and also uh, a family that, he, that continues to slip in between his fingers. And it's just, it's a, it's a dark comedy. It gets very existential sometimes, but at other times it's just drop dead funny. It's hilarious. Um, his, uh, his manager, sorry, his agent, um, Runkle, is just like a fucking like character. Everyone in the show is just like hyper realized and just like over the top and super like crazy and dramatic and zany and, and wild. And it's, I'll tell you one thing. This is one show to not watch with your parents. It's very vulgar. It's very sexual it's very there's a lot of drugs in it uh it doesn't hold any bars you know what i mean um anyone that's familiar with bojack horseman it actually feels like a real life version of the show bojack horseman um which is one of the few comparisons that i got to that show like yo you gotta watch it it's like californication i was like there's no way it could be like it and it actually is Mm -hmm. but if you love if you love la if you love the, the fictionalized version of it because this is this is not real. Please do not watch this show and think this is what Ellie is like. You will be sorely disappointed. Because sure? it look like that. Uh, look like no, 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 no. Watch the show and you know what I'm talking about. Because it shows it's everyone's everyone's rich and famous and fucking okay. everyone else and and making money. Well, you know who was just that. Stop it. Uh, but yeah, Californication is is a great series and it has so many so many great cameos. RZA pops up in a season and just gives a you know, just groundbreaking performance to, in my opinion, just like as far as comedy goes. Um, yeah, man, just check this show out. Californication It's on Showtime. You can check, probably check it out on demand. David decode me created by Tom Kapanos. Yeah. That's all I can say about it. Sounds good. I'm gonna keep it uh, LA based as well. Um, real quick. Uh, last time we guys came to LA, we did something called the Warner Brothers studio tour. Mm-hmm. If you guys ever visit LA and you're into movies, the Warner Brothers studio tour is definitely for you. 
they just bring you around the Warner Brothers studio lot that is based in uh, Burbank, California. And you get to see a lot of cool stuff. You get to see some sets that movies were shot in. You get to hang out where uh, the Friends set. You get to walk through the, the Big Bang Theory um, TV show set, which is super dope experience. You also get to see some like background costumes of um, the DC Extended Universe, DC uh, Cinematic Universe, mm -hmm. whatever it's called now. Worlds of DC. Yeah, the Worlds of DC, whatever. Uh, you get to see, uh, uh, there's a huge Batman vehicle exhibit, so you'll get to see the original Batmobile. You'll get to see the Dark Knights. Um, Tumblr. The Tumblr. You get to see the, the, the one that I think Adam West used to drive in. Mm -hmm. It's a, the, 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 the all pinked out Lamborghini that the Joker drove in. Um, Suicide Squad. And Suicide Squad. Okay. It's just a really dope um, way to also just pass time in Los Angeles. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of things to do in LA, but the Warner Brothers Studio Tour is definitely something that I would recommend if you're a movie head. Because yeah. it's, it's just a cool experience. You get to go on the, the Warner Brothers lot, and you know, so there's also there's an opportunity you might actually see an, a famous actor or a famous person or even Ellen DeGeneres that's just walking around over there. So mm. if you get a chance, it's not that expensive. Give it a shot. Cool. I, yeah, I went last last time, and honestly, I had the time of my life. I loved it. It's great. Yeah, and it's to me, it's, it's not. What was it like? Ninety bucks? It was like eighty nine. Something like that. Eighty yeah. bucks. But like. it's it's complete. It's completely worth it. It's completely worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and especially like if you have a love for filmmaking and want to get into filmmaking, it's really cool to see like what goes into it, mm -hmm. like the behind the scenes of where you could one day end up. So right, absolutely nice. Um, before we get out of it, I just want to say. Um, we joked about it earlier, but the homeless condition in LA is crazy. Listen, we're from New York, yeah. So I'm sure we've we, all, we know what homeless. We, we're not stranger. We've so. all had an encounter with a homeless person and numerous homeless mm -hmm. people. But driving around Los Angeles or being in an Uber or whatever, you see literally tent cities tent, everywhere. 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 It, it's it's ridiculous. Like no, I don't want to say ridiculous, but it, there's just something that it's we ridiculous. as as a society have to do and try to get fixed because a lot of these people some of these people yes they're lazy they, they want to get a job whatever but some of it's also you due gotta to help your fellow, your fellow it's also due to um mental drug illness. use and mental illness and it's as a society it's just tough to see these people out here and not have a home there's a dude literally in front of our apartment sleeping right now sleeping in his own urine yeah it's yeah. it's crazy barefoot listen it's summer right now but in winter time this is going to be a, a sad sight to see mm -hmm. yeah so Listen, I don't know what the solution is. I'm not the person to really think of it. But if we can't think of something, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Damn, took the words right out of my mouth. I'm, I'm going to keep it a buck. Like, even growing up in the city, man, my biggest fear wasn't like heights or anything. It was just being homeless. Like, that was always my biggest fear as a kid. Like, well, just, I, I did notice that, like, out here they do try to address it. Like, they do have the bench advertising and, like, the homelessness kills campaigns running around around mm -hmm. us. So, I mean, it is something that I do think that they're aware of. Yeah. Of course they're aware of, bro. Sorry. I mean, not that they think that they're aware of. That they know that it. they're aware of. Yeah, you can't yeah. miss it. Yeah. But it's just something that's got to be. It's got to be expedited. Whatever the answer is to that solution. Yeah. Well, let's leave on a good note. Huge, huge, huge special thanks to my boy Naeem hey. for being yeah. on the pod today. My bro my brother, appreciate much appreciated. Thank you for joining us. That's, that's love right there. And, and also, yo, bro, thank you for listening every 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 week. Bro. You are yo, you might be our number one fan, but I'm not gonna hold you. I, I, we appreciate yeah. you. You know, I couldn't get uh, the blueprint, so I forgot to come on. <laughs> well, now you have to do it. Yeah. Now you got the behind the scenes look on how the exactly. show's operated, yeah, sir. Exactly. But I appreciate it, man. This and write us a fucking show. email every now and then, you know? We need emails. Just text us. Don't write us a goddamn email. <laughs> he, he does that already, but we got to read them on air. Absolutely. But Naeem, bro, we thank appreciate you, you my appreciate man. It. 
And on that note, the streetlights just came on. Now, once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to read and subscribe to us. If you'd like to leave us some feedback, ask questions, or just say what up to us, email us at thestoopkidspod at gmail.com. Now, I'm Ralphie. I'm Kai. It's the big skadoop. Nah, it's like it's Greg. It's G, actually. Hey, it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> and we'll see you on the stoop next week. Peace. Look down. To live and die in L.A. California. Oh, yeah. what you say about Los Angeles. Still the only place for me that never rains in the sun. To live and die in L.A. Where every day we try to fatten our pockets. Us niggas hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing coming, see chasing Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces Shed tears as we bury niggas close to heart What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark Cold part about it, nigga got smoked by a fiend Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing Cost me more to be free than a life in the pen Making money off of cuss words, writing again Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen Late night, down sunset, like in the sin What's the worst they can do to a nigga? Got me lost in hell to live and die in the lake On bells, my angels Stranger, full of drama like a soap opera On the curb watching the kettle bird helicopters I observe so many niggas getting three strikes Tossed from jail I swear to being right across from hell I can't cry cause it's home now I'm just a nigga on his own now Living life thug style So I can't smell right into my people